Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Last week, I had Maria on where we talked all about games. And I wanted to do a follow-up episode where I talked about my favorite games for working with older speech students. So what are some benefits of using games in speech? Well, one, it keeps learning fun. I like to keep my students on their toes. When they come into the speech room, they have no idea what to expect. Maybe we might read a fun and exciting article. It might be boring, but we might be reading. We might be watching a video. We might be doing a game virtually like, like Kahoot or Bamboozle. We might be doing task cards. We might be doing a science experiment. We, we might be doing an ed puzzle, or we might incorporate a game. We might use the game as the therapy activity in itself or as a reinforcer for pairing with like a task card or some sort of probe. So I want to share with you my favorite three games to use as an activity within itself. And then just some of my favorite games to use as generic games to pair with any sort of task or concept. And these, like I said, I like to just change things up, keep my students wondering what kind of activities they're going to get so it just doesn't keep it so predictable. I want them to be in suspense. And one of the favorite, their favorite things to do is when they come into the room, they're like, Mr. Sherman, what are we going to do today? Or can we play a game? And they know they cannot ask that. And they know that because I always say, we might, may or may not be playing a game, but it will be fun and you're going to learn something. So it keeps things fun. You can also incorporate directly and indirectly social skills, which our students can always benefit from. Teaching executive functioning skills, the ability for a wait time, being able to not be so impulsive, waiting their turn, being okay with losing. 
planning and being strategic, all those things are really higher level for our students and we can teach it while incorporating games into our speech therapy. And sometimes just the benefit of giving them exposure to games they might not normally have. Some of our students might not have games inside the homes or they might have some basic puzzles and blocks and figurines, but they might not have access to some board games. And and even if they do, they might not have access to these. So it just changes things up and we can show them that games that incorporate learning can still be fun. Okay, so my first game I want to share with you is Bubble Talk. If you're familiar with like apples to apples and bubble talk, now notice I'm actually not saying apples to apples because I find apples to apples and even apples to apples junior can be very challenging in terms of vocabulary and background knowledge for our students. There's also a reading task involved. And even bubble talk has a little bit of reading. So what happens is every student gets four speech bubble cards, which has like a saying. And then in the center is a funny picture. It's a real life photo. So it's it's motivating for our students. It's not too cheesy. It doesn't appear to be a babyish type of game. And every student, and I always play as well, Clay, and I always start as the judge. And each student and player gets to take turns being the judge. And whoever is playing gets to put a card from their hand, which has one of those speech bubble sayings face down in the center that goes best with the picture. So they have to basically think of what goes together. They need to think of comprehension, like a main idea. What is this picture all about? So you can really indirectly tie in all these types of goals. So you can describe the picture before they even have a turn to like make sure they really truly understand what the humor, what is being implied in the picture. There's like a picture of someone walking out of a porter potty with like their hand over their nose. They have to guess. They have to understand that that is a porter potty. And what does hand over the nose imply? You know, it stinks in there. Well, what might make it stink? And so they have to look in their hand and determine what saying is funny or related to making something smell bad or how someone might react to something smelling bad. Sometimes I always tell them, they're like, we don't, I don't have anything that goes with this picture. I go, make me laugh. Think of something that could go with it. Just do anything at that point. And that also involves perspective taking, that they have to take the perspective of not what they find is funny, but who is the judge and what will they find funny. So there's all these different goals, these sentence structure, these describing, these what is being implied and humor. And then on top of it, the social skills and perspective taking and all that fun stuff. So each judge gets to determine who is the winner. And whoever's winner, I give them the big picture to hold on it like in their lap. You know, however many rounds you want to play, whoever has the most pictures they are the winner. So again, you can work on sentence structure, vocabulary, so many different things. And you can do it while playing or even like first start taking a few pictures. Let's describe them. And now let's play the game. You can even adapt the game to make it even modified for them and pull out a whole bunch of speech bubble cards that you know that they'll get or go over some of the vocabulary first and then play. So that's the game number one, Bubble Talk. Game number two was formerly known as Obstacles, but now it's called Lion in My Way. And it's similar to Bubble Talk in the fact that there's judges and people have to put down cards to go with the picture, but there's no reading involved. And that's why I really like it. It's a little bit more cartoony, but some of my students, like self-contained or life skills students, really like it because it takes that reading piece out and they can feel more successful. It incorporates more of that life skills problem solving piece because there's an obstacle such as broken glass, a tornado, oh, it was like a windstorm, a traffic jam a swarm of bees, a river, snowstorm, all these different obstacles. And you can do it with the vocabulary. What is an obstacle and why is that an obstacle? And then in their hand, instead of speech bubble cards, they have tools. Some of them are 
practical and some aren't. So one might be a compass or a map. One might be a bow and arrow. One might be a broom. One is like a cupcake with a birthday candle on it. So some of them might be relevant for certain obstacles, but they have to figure out which ones in their hand would be the best for the obstacle that is in the center of the table. So they need perspective taking, problem solving skills, being able to express or defend their responses or explain why they chose what they chose, describing and comparing and addressing what things go together. And then it can also go even further, like what would be the real life solution to this problem? What would you do if you were in that scenario? And you can go even further into all these different things. So that's obstacles, which is now known as lion in my way. If you search, I think obstacles on Amazon, it's like a hundred bucks, but lion in my way is 20, 19, not even. So it's a really fun game and you can play it all session. You'll play it at the end of the session. Your students will be asking you to play it over and over again because it's fun, interactive, and doesn't appear like they're learning, even though we all know they are. Game number three, Stair Junior. Now, there is a regular stair, which maybe your high school students might benefit from or like, but even the high school ones and middle school students, I've played Stair Junior with, and I found that the pictures were just still, and the questions were more appropriate for them. There are some like Norman Rockwell kind of images. There might be some cartoony kind of ones. You can pull out which ones are more appropriate for your students based on like the cartoony kind of concepts they might have some background knowledge of and which pictures are busier versus not. But there's a timer and they take turns staring at the picture and they have to recall as many details as possible. So it's very good talking about and making like a key for them. Look at all the items. What are some colors you see? Where are they located? What is the most important things you should be remembering in this picture? What's relevant? What's not? And then once the timer runs out, I typically have them give me the card or they can take turns being the reader of the question, depending on the group of students. And you can even make them work in pairs where their teammate reads them the question, what have you. On the flip side of the card, there is six different questions that correlate to the number on the die. So whatever they roll, that's the question they get. And as long as they keep getting questions right, they get to keep on rolling until they get a question wrong or they roll the same number twice. And as each time they get it correct, they get to move around the game board until they get to the finish line. So again, you can adapt it. You cannot give them as many turns. You can give them one turn and then move on because it's going to take too long. Or you can really, truly let's try to challenge them. Sometimes I change the questions on the other side because they're too complicated. And I might want to work on just basic WH questions or basic preposition. Whatever you are working on, you can change it up. Your students won't know you are the boss of your speech room. So again, it's they get to stare at a picture, try to memorize as much as possible. Or you can honestly not make them memorize it. You can just have them answer questions based on the picture in front of them. Modify it to meet the needs of your students. But it's great for working on relevant versus irrelevant information, describing, vocabulary, getting the gist of what's in the picture, all that fun stuff. And again, being able to work together and those social skills, problem solving, executive function kind of things that incorporate with playing games. So again, that's Bubble Talk, Obstacles, which is now lying in my way, and Stare Junior. Those are my three favorite games that you can use as is to directly and indirectly work on a ton of speech and language skills and goals. Okay, so now some of my favorite generic games that can be used with any goal. Gotta love Jenga. It's just simple, easy. They know how to use it. You can just take any task card, take anything, and just make it into a game by putting the Jenga in the center of the table. Connect four. That's great if you have a group of two or an even number where they can be teams. And again, take pair it with anything. And I also love Suspend Junior. It's by Melissa and Doug. And you have to put together this little like hangy thingy. That's a very clinical term, I know. And they spin the spinner to determine what 
colored piece, they have to hang without making it fall. So you divide up all the pieces by colors to all the different players, and they have to spin to hang it. And the object of the game is to be the one left without any pieces and have not made it fall. So it's just something, again, you can pair with any game. What I have done with the Suspend Junior is make a key with the different colors. So if you spin the red piece before you can hang it, you have to say your R sound this many times. If you spin blue, you have to say it this many times. You can pay, like change it up and make your own rules. Again, you are the boss of your speech room. So the benefit of using games is it keeps learning fun. It makes our students be a little bit more motivated to work with us. It keeps them on their toes, as long as it's not every single time being a game. You can also incorporate social skills, executive functioning skills, problem-solving skills, perspective-taking skills, and sometimes just giving them exposure to games they wouldn't have otherwise. All right, so if you want to get at links to all these different games or just review what I just said, you can head on over to the show notes. And I also have a link there for an entire blog post that has even more games and recommendations that you can use in your speech room to work directly or indirectly on your students' speech and language goals. I hope you found this helpful. And as always, I like to end my episodes with a joke. How do you warm up a room after it has been painted? Give it a second coat. But I'm ching. Jokes require so much language and multiple meaning words and figurative language that I really love using jokes with my students. And that is why I always end my episodes with a joke. And I love when you guys send me DMs with some of your favorite jokes. It really shows me that you love using it too. So until next week, stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun, and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.